Welcome to Career Tools. Today's show, First Steps with Disk. Here we go. At our Effective Communications Conference, and if you're listening to this, you've gone to that, right? I mean, you must have come to our Effective <laughs> Communications Conference. Well, well, I've been there. <laughs> you've been there. Yeah, you've been there a couple of times, I guess. Yeah. Um, as, as so have I. At our Effective Communications Conference, we teach attendees how to observe other behavior, right? And then we show them how to analyze their disk profile without even having taken the, the instrument, right? We show right, people right. how to simply observe behavior and figure out what the individual's profile is more most likely to be. And then we teach them how to tailor their behavior accordingly, right? And it's it's remarkable watching all the attendees learn to do this very, a very effectively. And yeah, in one it, day. It, and it takes less than eight hours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 at the end of the day, they can be in a three-minute-long conversation with someone, observe how that person speaks, their facial expressions, their body language, the words they say, how they say them, what they talk about, and change the way they talk slightly, not significantly, not overtly, not 80%. And they actually, people experience, oh my gosh, I felt much more in tune with the other person. The other person felt much more, seemed to feel much more in tune with me in literally three or four minutes. And it's a skill you never lose. Once you know the skill, which we teach, and everybody learns it, it's it's amazing. You can do it in five minutes. But we tell people this. If you're a really aggressive, forceful, enthusiastic person, we don't want you to become Casper Milk Toast. We don't. We absolutely don't want. The idea that you have to become somebody else is just wrong, okay? In fact, if you're a, a high D, for those of you who know DISC, and you want you you think I have to be an S or a C, someone who's different than you in a lot of ways, you're not going to be able to do it easily, and it's going to be exhausting. So it's something you need to practice to get better at. And and again, we're not suggesting we want you to be somebody you're not. We want you to mitigate the things you do that are noticeable to other people that may not be effective. Your strengths overused often become weaknesses. And in this cast, we're going to just suggest a simple way to get started thinking about changing your behavior based on your natural tendencies. And folks, the reason we do this is because the most frequent thing managers and professionals do is communicate. It may not be the most important thing you do. For some of you, that's deciding. For some of you, that's analyzing. For some of you, it's producing something, creating. All those things are, are obviously the most important thing you do. But the most frequent thing you do at work the most frequent behavior you engage in is communicating with others. And communication, the, the, you know, we've been saying this for years now. The problem with communication is not that we're not all perfect. We're not going to try to make you a perfect communicator. Remember, communication is what the listener does. And so you're not going to be perfect unless you can magically guess exactly what's inside the listener's head. Rather, we're going to suggest not seeking perfect, perfection, but simply avoiding disaster. We're going to teach you to avoid all the ways you can miscommunicate. And the primary way that people miscommunicate is they communicate in a way that makes sense to them without considering their audience. So we're going to give you some simple techniques for moving towards a person who perhaps is different than you or mitigating some of those strengths that you have or the things that you do naturally that may in fact not always be effective. So 
we've got five recommendations here, really one big recommendation followed by four specifics. And the big recommendation is, folks, don't try to be more of who you are. There's an old saying, well, it's not that old. I, I think I was the first one. It's hard to get out of a hole when all you have is a shovel. If you've made a mistake, it's probably because of your strength uh, overdone and that puts you in a hole. And then what most people do is, well, I didn't do my strength well enough, so let me do more of it, which of course only causes the hole to be deeper. So we're going to suggest that rather than trying to be more of yourself, you say, I'm going to behave a little bit differently. I'm going to be less of who I naturally am. I'm going to move in a different direction so I can get different results. And then for the next four recommendations, we're going to recommend if you're a D, uh, what to do to be less D. If you're an I, what to do to be less I. If you're an S, what to be do to be less S. And if you're a C, what to do to be less of a C. Right. You said don't be, you know, don't be more of what you are. But but also the lesson there is being not trying to be more of what you think you need to be. Yeah, that's the same. Yeah. Instead of trying to move in the direction of the individual you're speaking with, right? Just be less of the thing that causes friction. So this is a matter not a not a matter yeah. of trying to maximize something. It's trying to minimize, minimize the things yeah. that you yeah. do that cause friction. Exactly. Because the problem in communication is not, we, we don't need you to try to achieve perfection. We need to first make sure we avoid disaster. If we can build a series of behaviors and everybody out there to avoid disaster, three or four checks that you could say, okay, for instance, rather than saying, does my tuxedo look perfect for this formal occasion? Right. And so I'm going to double check the tie. I'm going to check my vest. I'm going to check my cummerbund. If I had a cummerbund, not a vest, all those things is the complete perfect and so on, all that stuff. The thing we're going to say is don't leave your house without your pants. If, if we had a list of like 10 or 15 things that every communicator did, and of course, that's what we teach at the effective communications conference. If everybody could avoid disaster, if we could raise the floor, then, then we'd be fine. We don't need to achieve perfection. Perfection is not going to happen. So our first thing, don't try to be more, try to be less. Instead of trying to be more of your natural thing you need to be, as you say, try less. That's try to do less of what causes friction. You know, on the disc profiles that we use, and by the way, folks, if you haven't done a disc, we encourage you to do it. You don't, you certainly don't have to get it through us. We like disc because it's a behavioral instrument. And if you've listened to career tools and manager tools, you know, we talk about behavior all the time. I've even said in bad moments, I don't care about your attitude. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you feel. What I want to know is what your behavior is. Your company doesn't get credit in the marketplace for good intentions. And we always judge ourselves by our intentions, but we judge others by their behaviors. And it's way better to start learning to judge ourselves by our behaviors. But on the disc profile we use, and, and so look, we don't want to sell you a disc necessarily. If you want to come to us, I think we're pretty darn cheap, but, but there are thousands of companies out there that use disc. And on the profile we use from a company called Inscape, there's a page which has a list of the words which describe the various profiles, okay? And it's very enlightening. What we discover is people don't like a lot of the words in their profile. And yet the point is those are words that other people use to describe a high D, high I, high S, high C. Okay. For high Ds, which D stands for dominance, if you're wondering about DISC, a high D is, an, is a General Schwarzkopf, a General Patton, uh, a take no prisoners, a Margaret Thatcher kind of gruff and, and uh, make it happen no matter what. If we have to bleed, we have to bleed, but we make a difference. Intent uh, driven to achieve goals and not really personable necessarily. Ds are described as domineering and direct, right? Eyes are described as self-promoting and impulsive. 
some of you think, oh, direct is good. The high Ds are probably isn't direct is good. I, yeah, direct is good. I'm saving time on efficient. Domineering? No, I don't know that I'm domineering. Eyes think of themselves as 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 energetic, but then they're also said impulsive and self-promoting. I'm not self-promoting, am I? Yes, you are. Uh, S's think of themselves as- <laughs> I'm really, glad you didn't have to. Right. Uh, 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 Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, Appreciate uh, that. S's think of themselves as warm and caring. That's good. But other people see them as passive and predictable. C's think of themselves as honest and trustworthy and conscientious. But other people see them as sticks in the mud and perfectionists and overly careful. Right? Now, in some situations, being direct is good. In fact, in some kids' situations, domineering might actually be good. If, if you have a great idea, you need to get it done and there's no other way to do it. At other times, passiveness might be good. All qualities, all of these things could be positive in the right circumstances, okay? In some cases, like having a perfectionist around is a good thing. You want your brain surgeon to be a perfectionist, right? Don't miss and paralyze my left arm, right? But the words that are hurtful when people read their profiles are words that other people use to describe them, and they're not meant positively, okay? When other people describe a forceful take-no-prisoner's high D as domineering and demanding, they don't mean... That's someone who's prepared to see it, make a decision and see it through, or that's a person who holds themselves and others to high standards, because that's how DC themselves, willing to get things done and hold themselves to high standards. When other people say that about a D, they say that's a person who rides roughshod over other people, who decides without consultation, without consideration, and who's bossy, right? Miss Bossy Pants, <laughs> um, which I think is the title of a book, by the way, uh, by Tina Fey. When others describe a high I as enthusiastic and persuasive, they don't mean passionate or they don't see someone who gets everyone to a win-win, which is how high eyes see themselves. We hate to break it to you, those of you who are high eyes, but some people just don't like you, which is hurtful to you, but you cover it up. Other people see you as overblown, overexcited. You move too quickly to a conclusion, which is not borne out by the facts, but rather is just overwhelmed by your passion. In other words, you get what you want, and sometimes other people don't get what they want, but as long as you get what you want and everybody's kind of happy about it, you're okay with it. Look, people who are high S's, who are steadiness, the warm, fuzzy folks who care about other people, put other people first, thank God for them. You know, when they say the high S is patient loyal, they don't necessarily mean those things as positive qualities. They see somebody who puts up with negative situations for far too long, and they see somebody who's a doormat. They see someone who's not willing to stand up for their own opinions and unwilling to change. They just want to be loyal to whatever is being done now. And look, high C's. I know, we know you're accurate and systematic, right? You think that, well, maybe that's good. But other people, when they say that, including me sometimes, say you're over accurate. They don't understand the difference between 6.1 as an answer and 6.17345. Ooh, <laughs> there's a rounding error in there, isn't there? To others, there's no difference between 6.1 and 6.14. Please, Mike, don't say anything. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and the fact that a high C points it out is frustrating to other people. Others wonder why a high C has to go through every step every time when time can be saved by skipping unnecessary steps, right? And the C says the process is the process. Why Nothing's unnecessary. That's how you assure success, right? This is probably the most important step of using DISC to improve your relationships. And let me say that differently. Forget about this for a minute. This is one of the most important steps to improving your relationships, understanding your behavioral set, knowing what works and what doesn't work, and be willing to embrace an effective behavior rather than a natural behavior. 
I think I've said it before. If you're not careful, you'll choose what comes naturally rather than doing the work to figure out what's effective. There are times when a high C needs to take a flyer. There are times when a high I needs to dot her I's and cross her T's. What we have done, many of us have said, this is who I am and it's gotten me this far. And so therefore, I'm going to keep doing it. But it's not always true. And as you grow in your career, you're going to be, you're going to be put into more varied situations. As your responsibilities grow, folks, the situations you're going to face are, are going to be more divergent over time, not less divergent. You're going to start out perhaps in sales and then suddenly you're going to have to do some marketing stuff, which is not so much about driving to a number, but about being creative. And then you're going to suddenly have to start interfacing with R&D when you start having to do product development. And that requires different thinking again. And then when you're running a division, you have to worry about budgets. When you were in a salesperson, you didn't have to worry about budgets. You had to worry about the top line and not about the bottom line. And so if all you do is say, I got this far by being me, you're leaving out another range of behaviors that might be effective. So you need to understand that you see your qualities as positive, And when those situations become different, others don't see them that way. And let me just suggest the flip side of that. Things you see as negative behaviors in other folks, they may well see as positive qualities. I say this as conferences. I, Mike, you, you weren't at the last one, but, but this really hit home with the folks at, a, at an effective communications conference recently. We teach email at the end of the day. Remember the, the email thing? People love the mm-hmm. email thing, right? There's a part in it where we show an email and we say, analyze this email and tell me whether it's a D, I, S, or C. And as it turns out, it's a high D. And then we ask the audience, how many people believe when this person wrote this email, they were angry? And everybody who's not a D raises their hand. Right. And all the D's go like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? This is not angry. I, let me tell you, angry. Angry is all caps. Actually, I don't send angry emails. I just, you know, fume. I show up in your office. <laughs> yeah, I show up in Kill your you. office. Yeah. And and remember how I said the other day, I'll tell you when you're in trouble? Well, let me tell you something. You're in trouble. Well, well um, here's what happens. The people who are not D's believe that the email that they've gotten is an angry email. So, of course, they respond, assuming that the person who wrote the email is angry. Oh, maybe they go to HR or maybe they say, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. And and the D is like, what is going on? The point is this. When you see behavior in other people, folks, your only viewpoint probably is your own set of behaviors. And in order to determine somebody else's intent, you have to figure out what intent you would have in order to engage in that behavior. This is wrong thinking for 25 to 50% of the world that are different than you. A high S reads this email and says, oh, this person must be angry. And the D says, no, I'm not angry at all. Rather than guessing at what a person's intent is, let's just pay attention to the behavior. And if you don't like somebody else's behavior, that's your judgment. And it's probably based on what you think their intent is to the behavior, which is unfair because their intent is probably not what you think it is. So stop thinking of other people's behaviors as good or bad and start understanding they can be seen from both sides. And by the way, folks, nobody intends to do wrong things. So if you see a behavior and you imply to it an intent that's wrong or bad, oh, political situations are perhaps slightly different. But if you're thinking organizationally, it it shouldn't really matter. If you assume an intent that's wrong, you're wrong because that person didn't intend to do wrong. They intended to do right. You just interpreted it wrong. And when you start thinking this way, start getting away from their intent and judging their intent, you're going to become a lot more tolerant of other people. Now, we want you to be more tolerant, but 
tolerance is not really a behavior. The second step, the really important thing, is for you to stop doing the things that irritate other people. Right? It's not about you becoming a D if you're an S at all. It's about turning down some of those S behaviors. It's not about you becoming a C if you're an I. It's about you doing less of the I things that would irritate people. And when an I does something that irritates a C, it's an I probably on high interaction, on high persuasion, on high energy, and so on. And frankly, rather than thinking about moving to, to be more toward the middle, to be more appropriate toward a C, it's much easier to simply take the edge off of some of your most significant or extensive behaviors that'll make you much more palatable to other people. Right. This is very similar to what Marshall said about, right, the, the, the jerk of a boss. Just yeah. stop trying to be the great guy. Just stop being a jerk. Yeah, you're talking about the story in what got you here won't get you there, right? Exactly. Where where he gets hired to coach somebody who's a jerk, who's worse than a jerk, and they get told that through the feedback system that that, uh, the 360 feedback that Marshall highly recommends. And we bow to Marshall around here, Marshall and, and Peter Drucker. And Marshall says, he gets his feedback saying, Oh, you're a jerk and says, Oh, I'm going to become a great person. I'm going to be nice to everybody. I'm going to smile at everybody. And that lasts about 15 minutes. And then they go back to being themselves because they're 30 or 40 or 50 years old and they they have a set of habitual behaviors and it's hard to get out of habitual behavior. Marshall says, no, no, no. You don't have to go from being a jerk to a great person overnight. You just have to stop being a jerk. Let's just do it in two steps. Let's stop being a jerk. Here are the five things I don't want you to do anymore. And by the way, jerk is often a code for high D. Um, so those of you who, who are hearing this story and go, could that be true for me? Yeah, it probably could, particularly if you have role power. So yeah, I agree. Great, great analogy, buddy. Good. Okay. So let's, so let's get into specifics about folks who sit in each of the different profiles can stop doing. So if you're a D, what, what do you do less of as a D? You know, I'm not familiar with the whole D thing. No, so no, I, really? I, I, no, no, okay. Yeah, yeah, I think I just sent out a things I think I think with a with a note in it about um, how everybody has a joke at a conference when they ask me a question at the conference. And, and it's a question that implies that they could be contemplating a course of behavior that is a really bad idea, like career-limiting move. People say, what do you think I should do? I say, you know, or or yes or no, should I do this? And then I say something like, no, not only no, but heck no. And oh my God, don't do that. And don't tell anybody I told you to do it if you do it. And somebody chimes in from the back of the room and says, tell us how you really feel. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Look, high D's are goal-oriented people. They're decisive. If you're a D, you want every conversation to be as short as possible and to end in a decision And as, as far as what happens next, okay? You're not afraid to interrupt people. Let's be efficient here, folks, or to tell them they're being too slow or to make a decision for them. Those are classic D behaviors. Two things you can do to make you more successful with anybody high Ds. The first thing is to smile. It's stunning to me that people think they can go through their day with other people, not smile. A lot of times this is role power generated, but it doesn't have to be. You think yourself as being efficient. You're not trying to be warm and fuzzy. You don't want them to get anything over on you. And so you don't go through the day smiling. And then wonder why some people won't help you out when you're in a pinch. 50% of the people you're dealing with in the world, high D's, those of you who are listening, okay, and by the way, those are the I's and S's of the world. 50% of the people in the world would immediately like you more. And by the way, they think the absence of smiling is not just the absence of smiling. They think it's you being rude on purpose in order to make a point. Uh, look, folks, it doesn't matter what you're thinking, you high Ds. It, it doesn't matter what you're thinking, what, you're, what they're doing, how long this is going to take. Just smile. 
and by the way, I know you probably think this is weird. It'll feel weird when you start doing something you're not used to. It's going to feel weird. But don't worry. You're never going to ever smile too much. They won't think you're weak. I promise you they will not. They won't think you're inane. And we know that's what you're afraid of, right? Because frankly, Wendy and I, that's what we're afraid of too. But they won't. They will not think you're weak or inane. In fact, they'll, they'll ask you, gee, did you have a good weekend? <laughs> well, what's up with that? So smile more. You know what? It just occurred to me, Mike. We could easily recommend the five poker chips, positive and negative feedback thing that Mike Swinson shared with us to use for the high Ds um, in terms of smiling more. We could put the five poker chips in oh, the left, point. left yeah. pocket and move them to the right pocket as, as they smile. Yeah, but Ds don't like to lose. So if they <laughs> – Yeah. At the end of the day, if they find five poker chips in their left pocket, they just crush them and say, that'll teach you to be on the wrong side of me. There you go. Oh, well. The second thing, the second thing that high Ds can do, gosh, we see this at conferences as a huge problem. Un- totally high Ds are, and, and to some degree high Is, totally unaware of this. Folks, high Ds, let other people finish. Let other people finish what they're saying. We have a thing called the manager tools, one breath rule. Finish the breath you're on before you respond to whatever anybody is saying, right? Put your metaphorical or or actual hands, if you want, in your pockets and allow the conversation that you are in to take as long as it takes. This is funny. I wish I had a videotape of a D trying this for the first time because they would literally be like, I got to leave. No, wait. <laughs> they told me to wait. I got to go. I'm going to – oh, my God. Uh, they just be – it would be like they're on a rubber band. They'd be starting to turn away and then coming back and then walking away. The other 50% of the world, the S's and the C's, will like you more. The S's who, who see you smiling and see the fact that you're listening finally will like you hundred percent more, which is not to say oh, a lot, but that's okay. And because they're often in conflict with you, they will find reasons to be less in conflict with you. Uh, and if you're a high D and you have an S or a C or an I as a boss and you do these things, you're going to be perceived as more effective. Definitely. Now, how about our uh, high I friends? Don't know if I know any, but if I had a friend or (laughs) business partner who was in a high eye, what would we recommend to him? Yeah. So just just for the record, those of you who are listening, high eyes, you're energetic, you're excitable, you're always after the new things. When you got an iPhone or when you got a, a, a BlackBerry for the first time, you're like, see, shiny, shiny. If you're a high eye, you'll want everyone to be as excited about your new idea as you are. And, and frankly, you'll feel that once everybody is friends, the work will go swimmingly, right? So it's important to take the time to be sociable first. Let's go have a party. Let's be friendly. Let's, you know, let's get to know each other and things will be fine. So things you can do, two things you can do. One, limit your socializing with other folks to no more than five minutes in any interaction where you already know somebody. And here I am sitting. My D says, God, I don't know, five minutes, that's too much, right? The Ds and Cs are like five minutes, try try 30 seconds, right? And, and so, so that's going to be far too long, but they will feel relief when you finally knuckle down and start talking about the work. Now, mind you, if high eyes, if you're capable of making it 30 seconds, make it 30 seconds. We don't think you are if you're an off-the-charts high eye, but shoot for five minutes. And by the way, when you get to five minutes, try for three minutes after that. If you notice... One-word answers, this is a technique I use all the time. If you notice one-word answers when you're in a conversation with somebody, and by the way, that's one of the things we teach at the conference, pay attention to the other person's behavior when you're talking to them. If you notice those one-minute answers before it's up, stop. 
Don't wait until the five minutes is even though you're desperate to share about your weekend or about the movie or about this or that other thing. Stop. Move on to the work. An email. Another technique you can do to save a little bit is move the socializing to the end of the email rather than the beginning. Because those of us who are D's and Z's, like Mike and I, even though I have I and me as well, we're like, all this socializing, ah, right at the beginning, ah, this is going to be a tough email. Second, now, we've actually talked about this indirectly at um, in a podcast about a posture in meetings. Put your hands on the table in front of you, or if you're standing, in your pockets a little bit. And sometimes, frankly, you could cross your arms as well. Your exaggerated, high eyes, exaggerated body language especially when you're big like me, it's intimidating to folks who are S's and C's. They, they see you as trying to force them physically to agree with them. And look, you may not be able to keep your hands on the table, but just getting your hands back to the table and them seeing you come to rest every once in a while will mean that some of the S's and C's in the room will stop worrying about whether or not you're going to hit them or whether or not you're going to stand up and start moving around. Uh, and you, you may think that this is just passionate interaction, they don't see it that way. Remember what we said earlier about how other people view your intent versus your behavior. So hands calm in your pockets, on the table in front of you, grip the arms of your chair if you have to. Good. Now, how about um, the high S? What, what do they do? Um, yeah. So look, we know you high S's. You value calm. We value certainty under pressure. You know, you prefer to make decisions slowly once you've understood all the impacts of it, right? You definitely want to know how people are doing with a decision. You're going to staff everything with everybody on your team. And you feel if your team is happy, the work is going to get done, right? Hey, take care of the people. That's a good thing. On the other hand, though, your calm, your patience is seen by others as being passive. You want to make sure everybody's ready for the change when, in fact, the change should have happened two days ago. So, our first recommendation in any conversation, make a single firm statement of opinion. Don't address all of the factors, okay? Make a decision. If there are two choices, choose one. Now, look, the high D's and I's may not necessarily take your opinion into account, but they will improve their view of you because you're willing to speak up. And and look, if you're in a conversation with a D or an I and you're saying, well, I can see that or, well, you know, that's a good point and, and they don't feel you taking a position, particularly for those people who are more senior in the organization as you, they believe, as Peter Drucker taught really, really effective executives, a decision is not just a choice. It is a choice and an action. And if they believe a decision is two things, a choice and an action to make it happen, to make the decision turn into reality, to execute on it, a choice and an execution, and you can't even make a choice if you're constantly wondering what people are going to think and so on, they're going to feel that you're literally not capable of doing their job. They're going to see you as non-executive material, which is too bad because we need ISs as executives as well. So if you're willing to speak up and say, here's what I think, I recommend this. And by the way, if you say, I think that's okay, sometimes it's better to say that than I feel or I like choice B, say, I think choice B is the right option, and then support it briefly. Don't say anything about choice A. If you say, I like choice B, and here are a couple of things I like, now I can see why choice A would be okay. Now, look, you're probably thinking politically, gosh, I, I don't want to piss anybody off who was, a, who was interested in A. Well, okay, high D's and I's don't mind. High D's and C's don't mind pissing people off, right? And what's more, when you speak up and make a choice, 
you're more of the conversation rather than five or 10 or 15 or 20%, you're 30 or 40, 50% of the conversation. Okay. Second thing, ask how your conversational partner is once. If you're in a conversation, high S's, ask how they're doing and don't probe after that. Yeah. 10 minutes of asking me uh, how I am, yeah. not really yeah. necessary. Just, just saying. Yeah. And as it turns out this weekend, I saw... Uh, you guys, everybody thinks I'm a Star Trek geek. I'm not. But I saw one of the Star Trek movies that was on, and and uh, it was the part where at the end, Spock says, tell my mother, I feel fine. After in the beginning, he wouldn't answer the question, how are you feeling? The high asses, they want to know how the person is, how the family is, how they're feeling today, how their weekend was. And folks, high asses, 50% of the world doesn't want to tell you. They think it's weird. How is that relevant to making a decision about this budgeting problem we got? But some folks just don't want to share. And you're asking them makes them uncomfortable. Ask once and then move on. And half the people you're dealing with will want to work with you more than they do now. I know that hurts your feelings to hear that sometimes some people don't want to work with you. It's not personal. It's just a difference of how the world goes around. Exactly. So talking about somebody folks don't want to work with. Yes. I'm a high C folks, so I can make those kind of jokes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. okay, so high Cs, what do, what do we do or not do? And I'm your, I'm your partner, so I can agree with you. There you go. Um, but folks, in case you didn't know, Mike's the CEO of the company, so so I, I have to be careful. I have to be nice to my boss. Look, high Cs, thank God for high Cs. You know what? What they want is to produce high-quality work. They don't want to go fast and be sloppy, even though they know fast is important. If you're a high C, you want to get it right. You want to be right. And you don't mind taking longer to get there because if you get there and you're right, hopefully it'll be an unassailable right and you can show other people that they'll have to agree with you. It's very important to high C's to, to follow the rules generally, both organizational and system rules and the rules of personal relationships. Okay. So the first action we want to recommend is accept an 80% solution. And look, it's really easy. This is a law of diminishing returns when it comes to organizational behavior, particularly around decisions and actions. You can stay in this conversation for as long as it takes to get whatever it is 100% perfect, or by allowing 80% to be good enough, you will immediately relieve the pressure that D's and I's feel in not making a quick decision. So once you get to 80%, right? The amount of time it'll take you to get to to the next 80%, which would be 96% of the solution, is as long, according to the Pareto principle, as it took you to get to the first 80%. And then, by the way, you'll get 80% of the way there, which means you'll get to 99.5, I think is the next one. You'll get to 99.5 in the same amount of time that, or, or half the time it took you to get to 96, but it's still twice as long as it took you to get to 80. This is diminishing returns. You're never going to get to perfection. I remember uh, in math class one day, a professor saying, if you go halfway across this room uh, in one minute, and then you go halfway across the remaining time in the next minute, and halfway across the remaining uh, time in the next minute, how long will it take you to get to the wall opposite where you started from? And the answer is never, right? I hope you got that one right. Yeah, I... Uh, Actually, the one I like better is the lily lily pond one where they say you have a pond and lilies start growing on it and they, they, the lilies double in size every day. And if it takes 30 days for the pond to be completely covered with lilies, let's do some, some calculus and figure out, okay, how long does it take for the pond to be half covered by lilies? And it took me 15 minutes to figure out. 
that the solution is, of course, 29 days and not starting with one and trying to get there. <laughs> that was just me being stupid. Um, if you're a high C, you've probably got a pencil right now going, okay, I got to figure this out. So accept 80% of the solution. Now, look, your high eyes, they'll accept 40%. So your 80% will still guard against their wackiness, Okay. But yeah, be willing to accept less than a perfect solution. Beginning to back off the amount of time you have planning. If you're thinking you need three days to do something, do it in two days and be happy with where you get. Exactly. And while you're doing all that thinking, uh, don't, don't smile, really, because people just don't. <laughs> I tell you what, D's and C's both, right? The second thing we recommend is a smile. C's so rarely think about smiling. And frankly, when they do, they think that's unnecessary. It's all about the facts, right? Yeah, there's, there's the no reason that. to smile. The world's not perfect yet. <laughs> right, right. When it, when it gets perfect, we'll all smile. Then I'll smile. It, yeah. Right. It's not unnecessary. Smiling is not unnecessary to the other 50% of the world who are more people-oriented than you are, I sees. If you smile at people, they'll be more willing to work with you. Think of it as a way to get to agreement faster. And because you're, we know you tend to be diplomatic and you want people to agree with you, generally speaking, if you're right, that will grease the conversation you're in. It'll improve the outcome because it'll happen more quickly with the same level of quality. And if you combine that with an 80% thing, you'll discover you have a lot more time to plan and to make sure your plans are accurate. The first steps you can make with this, folks, are you don't have to be a master of becoming somebody else. We don't teach that at our effective communication conference. We teach you to take the edges of what you're doing and to move in other people's directions a little bit, and it makes you more effective, okay? And one of the ways you can do that early on, even if you don't come to the conference, is try to be less of who you are rather naturally and try to be more effective. Embrace other people's behavioral sets a little bit and, and, and take the edge off of why you might irritate some folks and you'll be more effective. Any attempt in you make to make communication with others easier is going to be rewarded. Okay. The majority of people don't know how to do this. They don't care and they don't try. And every single person who's listening to this, whatever your strengths and weaknesses, if you will work on this, you will get improvement. Even if you're not the smartest person in the room, you will be thought of as more effective. And there's a rule, there's something called be second. I, we won't go into it right now. Maybe you're not the first choice of every single person who's an executive or somebody getting promoted. But if you're everybody's second choice, you're going to get promoted because people are going to say, I can work with him. I can work with her. We can't work with the off the charts high D, but if you can scale that back, I could see myself working with somebody who's a really, really aggressive leader. I may not be able to work with a high, off the charts high S who won't make a decision. But if you'll start making decisions and you'll, you'll shorten the interpersonal stuff a little bit with me, I could work for you, right? Um, don't let your lack of skill in acting a certain way hold you back from better communication. Take the edge off what you're doing now. Take a baby step. Be less of yourself and be more effective. That's the key. Awesome. Thanks, my friend. My pleasure, partner. All right. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. That's it. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you back here again next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.